You're listening to the Enhance Your Practice podcast series, brought to you by ASPS University. I'm ASPS University Chair, Dr. Nicholas Panetta, and I invite you to check out all of our educational offerings, from professional surgical videos, courses on practice management, and much, much more at ASPS EdNet. Hello, listener. Welcome to the ASPS University podcast, Enhance Your Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Ash Patel, and on this episode, we'll be discussing opening multiple medical spas. Our guest today is Dr. Carl Gatowski, who's in private practice in Chicago, Illinois. Welcome, Carl. Thanks, Ash. Thanks for having me. So, Carl, you've been in private practice in Chicago now for several years, and as we've been talking, we've discussed multiple med spas. You not only have your own medical spa, but you're involved in a number of other med spas around the Chicago area. What went into your decision to first open your own and then get involved in other med spas? Sure. Well, what happened was I had the experience of both in an academic and employed position trying to set up med spas, but under those circumstances, there were a lot of challenges. When I went into private practice, I actually was a approached by a couple of med spas to work with them and I didn't quite understand what they were looking for and as I talked to them I realized there's potential there in seeing patients overseeing the medical part of the operation and getting involved in it and as I built up a small network of med spas that I worked with I then built my own in a different location so we're not competing with them based on a lot of what I learned and the demand that I saw in my practice. Do you have any advice on how you should staff your med spa? What kind of practitioners you should have? And does it vary in the different locations you're involved in? Well, it's going to vary based on your state laws and regulations and the kind of services that you want to offer. In Illinois, we can use uh, mid-level providers, nurse practitioners, physician assistants to do injections. The roles of people who use lasers are a little less well-defined. Technically, an esthetician can't use a laser, but interestingly, if they take their esthetician name badge off or name tag off, they can use a laser. So you may want some estheticians. You may need some mid-level providers. You may need some other staff also, depending on what services you're going to offer. Starting off with just injectables, depending on your state, A nurse may be the right person to start off with, or you may be doing it yourself, and as you grow it, add a nurse on to do that. A nurse can also do the laser treatments, assuming that they're well-trained. But you're probably going to want an esthetician to get patients involved in basic skin care. I do use a physician assistant for some skin care consultations, just because she's very good at it. Uh, But a lot of the actual work can be done either by the physician assistant or one of our estheticians. How did you decide what services to offer, not just at your own med spa, but what you oversee at the other med spas that you're involved in? Sure. Some of the med spas made their decisions probably without thinking it through. What happens, there's a lot of these um, aesthetic summits or uh, practice building seminars that I'm sure everyone gets invitations to where some laser or device company invites you and say, hey, if you buy this machine, your practice is going to grow. And you may not understand what it does, but they'll give you a pro forma that says you're going to make a lot of money. Well, most of those machines may only do one or two features, or maybe they do some skincare, and you have to figure out how that's going to work into your practice. So for instance, some basic things like laser hair removal, a lot of people come in for that, 
But that may not be a big revenue stream because the prices of that have become so low. So you have to figure out what your patients are really looking for. If you're gonna be buying devices, you have to make sure there's some demand for it or you can create some demand for it. Whereas if you're buying injectables and the costs of those products are much lower and the initial capital outlays are low, you can buy a few, test them on your patients, start promoting it to your patients, and then you can buy more as the practice grows. So for us, we looked at what do we need that we're not offering right now. What's popular right now is non-invasive skin tightening, non-invasive fat reduction. So we partnered with our med spas. We have four cool sculpting machines in our system to bring those patients in. We also have non-surgical skin tightening devices that use either ultrasound or radio frequency, again, because there's a demand for it. Now, the nice thing about offering the non-invasive things is some of those patients are going to come in and realize they really need something more invasive, like liposuction, a facelift, an abdominoplasty. And so by, off, by bringing in patients who may be seeking one type of service and then introducing them to the other things that you offer, you will convert some of those to surgery. When we're talking about multiple locations for med spas, obviously the location is very important. Having the right geographical site, but once you're branching out into different locations, how do you choose how to space them out and find the right kinds of sites for them all? Some of this was already fixed for me. So when we opened up our flagship one, we made sure that we were far enough away from the other locations uh, so as not to compete with them. I think it depends on really your geographic area. Chicago is interesting in that there's a downtown where a lot of the younger people are. They may not even have cars. They're not going to travel far away. They want something close and local. In the suburbs, patients may not want to come into the city and vice versa. So the way Chicago is established, we have a location on the west side. We have a location on the north side. We have locations in the city. And generally, for med spa services, people don't want to travel more than 15, 20, 30 minutes to get what they want, especially if they're coming in for injections, which just take 15 minutes. So we kind of positioned where we want to work based on that. And also, obviously, based on income areas where there's more likely people who are going to have disposable income to spend on these services. Surprisingly, one of our locations is in a smaller town. It's a college town. It's a little bit more rural, but that's one of our most successful locations because we just do a good job there. We kind of differentiate ourselves from the competition, and it's one of our busiest practices in terms of how many injections are done per day, and also how many patients then convert to surgery. I think if you're going to look at this, find out where really are the patients that you want to draw from, and also pick a location that's easy to get to and is maybe on a high traffic, high volume area, so people will notice you, not just from your internet presence, but actually from your physical location. Can you tell us a little bit about pros and cons of having your own location versus partnering up with an existing med spa? If you partner with someone else, you don't have really any upfront costs and a lot less risk that you're taking on. But then you also don't have complete control of the med spa. And how you structure the agreement as to what control you have and what you don't is really up to you. Our agreements have been somewhat loose as long as it works for the patients and for the med spa and for me then they tend to work very well and we tweak them from time to time. For me, the advantage is I don't have to manage their staff, their HR issues, their 
supplies, their billing, things like that. I show up as the plastic surgeon. I can do treatments, injections, lasers, and see consultations for surgery. And in return, they have a medical director for the med spa. But I don't have to deal with some of the fine, grainy details of staffing, things like that. If you have your own med spa, obviously it's a lot more work. You have to hire your own people. There's going to be turnover. You have to deal with a lot of the HR issues, but then you also get much more control over it. And obviously you're going to get much more of the financial benefits from it also. Keep in mind, not all med spas make money. If you partner with one and you don't have a financial investment in it, you probably aren't going to lose anything if things don't work out. Whereas if you build your own med spa, there's going to be a period of time where you're having to put money into it before you see a return. And for some people, the med spas may not really make a lot of money. It depends on how it works for you. So by partnering with one at first, you can kind of see how it works. You can see if this is right for you. You can learn what to do and what not to do. And then when you open your own, you'll at least have some experience in that space. We've talked a little bit about the types of services that are offered at MedSpas. In terms of what patients are asking for, have you seen anything change over the last few years? Yeah, I think the big thing is people are looking for less invasive or non-invasive treatments, understanding that the results are not the same. It surprised me as to how many people actually are very happy with non-invasive skin tightening and will do anything to try to avoid a full all-out facelift, understanding that the results are not the same. So for instance, we have noticed that people are much more willing to try a treatment like a radio frequency device that may have to be done four, six, or eight times to see some results as long as they don't have the downtime and the costs associated with surgery. I think more and more people are looking for basic skincare. That's really an unmet need, and it doesn't cost a lot to get for a practice to have a good skincare line and a good esthetician. Laser hair removal is popular as ever. Tattoo removal is very popular. I think with some of the younger generation, when they got their tattoos, are now trying to get rid of them. People seem to be very busy with that also. And then the growth in injectables continues. There's uh, more and more demand, and I'm definitely seeing younger patients coming in for the neuromodulators and the fillers. Do you see any differences between what male patients are asking for versus what female patients are asking for? They're trying to do non-surgical things, but I think most of them actually wind up doing something a little bit more invasive. In my practice, I do a lot of neck contouring for men. And while we may start with a discussion on a non-invasive option like cool sculpting or fat lipolysis injections, really a lot of them come down to just having awake neck liposuction, which is a, a great procedure that spills over from the med spa into your surgical practice. Men are looking for uh, better eyelids also. That's another common thing. Some of them are looking for better skin. I think once men are introduced to neuromodulators, they do keep coming back for them. Once they're introduced to fillers, they're gonna come back to them also. But men don't seem to get into the lasers as much, except maybe for laser hair removal. I think men may not tolerate the downtime as much. It's a little harder for them to uh, to wear makeup and some kind of concealers after treatments. So they are a little bit more limited in what they're gonna do. Do you have to do anything different to market to male patients or is it just part of your overall marketing? You know, we do a little bit different. For instance, we did send out an e-blast to our patients for a neuromodulator event this week and we did target it more for men. And so the 
the images on the blast were male-oriented, and we tried to focus more on men, that this is something that they do. And even something simple as how your office is set up, if it's if it's a little too feminine, men may not feel comfortable there. You may want to make some parts of the office, I don't want to say maybe gender neutral, but something that is both appealing to men and women so they feel comfortable there. I think on your website, you need to have some examples of men who've had treatments because if you can't show a man someone else who had a similar treatment, they're going to be wondering, hmm, why is this all women here? So if you're going to market to them, you have to have examples and you have to make them feel comfortable in your practice. This episode is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit is a health, wellness, and beauty credit card dedicated to helping millions of patients get the care they want or need by offering promotional financing options. Accepted at more than 210,000 providers nationwide, the Care Credit credit card allows cardholders to make convenient monthly payments for plastic surgery, minimally invasive treatments, skincare products, and more. Reconstructive surgery patients can also use the card to pay deductibles, co-pays, and other fees not covered by insurance. Patients can use care credit for prescriptions at Rite Aid, Walgreens, and other select pharmacies. Once approved, patients can use their card again and again for additional procedures and services you provide. Join the Care Credit Provider Network and learn about special rates offered to ASPS members. Call 800-300-3046 or visit carecredit.com to enroll today. What additional tips do you have for plastic surgeons who might be looking to open their own med spa? If you're going to go into this, I think there's a few questions plastic surgeon has to ask themselves before opening a med spa. And some of it is really, do you have the time and the money to invest in this? Investing in injectables is pretty low. Injecting in devices like lasers, skin tightening, fat reduction can be very expensive. We're talking hundred, $200,000 machines with service contracts, with staff to use these, and your return on the investment may take a very long time to come around. So if you don't have the time to put into it and you don't have the finances, it may not be a good idea. You may want to start off slow. The next thing you want to ask yourself is, are your patients going to be coming here or is it better to partner with the med spa that maybe you can send them there for all the, the treatments that require these expensive devices and they're going to come back to you for surgery. And likewise, the med spa will send you patients for surgery. If you can establish that kind of relationship, that's not a bad way of doing it so you don't have to put in all the upfront costs. If you do decide to go down the med spa route, I think the two biggest issues that are going to create headaches is the staffing with the injectors and these expensive devices. Keep in mind, a lot of the injectors, they see this as their business, their practice also. And if things aren't working out, they can very easily take all your patients that are coming in for the injections away and go down the street. And even if you have some kind of a non-compete, they may go outside that area and you can lose a lot of your patients. And the, the cost of having an injector uh, can be very high because some of them are going to try to command very high salaries. My recommendation, I don't have any affiliation with this organization, but there's an, an association called AMSPA, which was started by a Chicago lawyer because he saw the gap in the med spa space on how to go through a lot of these, how you should hire people, what you should pay them, the regulatory issues. I think if you're considering having a med spa, look into AMSPA 
join them and learn more about this because they'll get rid of a lot of the misinformation that's out there. That's one thing. On the device side, you have to be very careful because many of these devices are going to make promises that really just don't pan out. Uh, we're going through that right now with one device that we're not seeing the results we wanted to and we're trying to figure out, can we return this? Can we get our money back? I think you really need to talk to people before you make any large investments. Talk to ASPS members, talk to people at Hot Topics at the annual meeting who oftentimes are at the forefront of some of these before you buy anything because the financial hit can be pretty significant to your practice. If there's one other thing I could, can I mention is kind of looking at the finances of this if you're gonna add something to your practice. I kind of call it, are you growing the pie or just re-slicing the pie? And the pie I'm talking about is your overall income or your revenue. If you add a new service to your practice, whether it's through the med spa, through a device or something like that, the question really is, are your patients going to be just flipping from your surgical services to this new service line or are you bringing in new patients? Because if you're just converting patients from one thing to another, your overall revenues may not increase, but you now have to pay for this new device. You have to figure out how to bring in new patients for all the services you're going to offer or how your existing patients are going to spend more of their money on the services you offer, not just reallocate their money. So in addition to the costs that come with acquiring a new service or a new product, you have to have the marketing costs in there and the personnel costs to actually grow that. And that can take some time. That can take some money in terms of having events, having more SEO terms, more spent on marketing these services. There's a huge variety of different devices available. How did you find out about what you wanted to purchase for your own med spa? One simple question that I asked uh, some of our thought leaders and our Hot Topics faculty was, the question basically was, if I'm opening a med spa, what is the one device that I should have? And one of the common answers was a multi-platform device that can treat pigment, vascular lesions, and maybe do some hair removal and also some skin rejuvenation. And then I talked to more people, well, which machine would you buy and why? And a lot of them kind of focused on two or three devices. And that right there told me that, okay, one of these two or three is probably gonna work in my practice. Then you have to go out and actually talk to the reps, maybe talk to some other users, find out how it's worked for them. Other devices may be a little trickier. If it's a device that just does one thing, you have to figure out like if it's laser tattoo removal, is that gonna be a big part of your practice and are you gonna to market to that? Unfortunately, once you buy one of these, you really can't, re there's not a mechanism to return it in most cases, so you have to feel very comfortable buying it. But the relationships we made with some of the companies is they have let us try it for a month or two so we can see how it works in our practice. But another thing that people don't really know about is you can actually rent a lot of these. Now, the rental companies may not offer a complete range of devices, but for instance, in the Chicago area, we have a company that does have a tattoo removal laser that they'll bring to your office for the day. You line up all the patients you want, you use the laser, and at the end of the day, they take it out, they do the maintenance, they service it, and you don't have to invest in it. They also have a fractional CO2 laser you can bring in for the day, line up your patients, and do it. So if you're not sure you want to buy one of these, consider renting on a per-use basis 
once you get comfortable with it, once you see there's a need for it in your practice, you can either buy one or you can continue doing the rental program. Is this somewhere our listeners can go to find out more about these rental companies? A while ago, I did just a kind of a generic internet search, and I found um, at least in the Midwest, there were probably four to five companies that did that service and would even travel two to three hours to bring you the lasers. I think most of them understand that they're not going to just be serving a small geographic area. They have to expand their uses. So I know some of them will deliver a laser for two to three hours away from their home base, as long as you line up a significant number of patients to make it worth their while. Um, I'd be certainly happy to share that information with, uh, with any of our members, but a quick internet search for medical laser rentals will usually show some results. Once you decide you want to get one of these, you don't have to buy a new one. There are a lot of secondary ones on the market or used ones on the market. I haven't had experience with that. Some of our med spas have, but you can certainly save a lot of money by buying them pre-owned. And the companies will sell them pre-owned also. They sell their demo ones at the end of their year for a reduced price. So if you can wait a little bit, you may be able to get a reduced price. Carl, do you have any advice on how you should set up your med spa if you already have an established plastic surgery practice, perhaps with a mixture of aesthetic and reconstructive patients? Just maybe a couple things to talk about. The staff for a med spa, you want to think more concierge rather than traditional medical practice. The patients are different. It's definitely an aesthetic base, but you have to have a different approach. If you have a very traditional medical office, you may want to do your med spa in a different office or a different part of the building so that the atmosphere is different. As you can imagine, having reconstructive plastic surgery patients in the same area as people coming in for aesthetic treatments may be a little awkward in some cases. You really have to treat it as its own enterprise. You may even want to do it as a separate business entity so you can track things financially. Hire staff with different skill sets to work in that office, the front office staff. You may need a med spa manager who really understands the ins and outs of med spas because there's a lot of gray areas in terms of the regulatory issues when it comes to med spas, as I said earlier, depending on the state. Well, I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Carl Gutowski. I think this has been informative for our listeners, especially for those plastic surgeons looking to venture into med spas. Thanks, Ash. Thanks for having me. Join us for the next episode of Enhance Your Practice, where we'll be discussing how to market your med spa with Dr. Dana Cobley from Tampa, Florida. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our Enhance Your Practice podcast series, brought to you by ASPS University and our host, Dr. Ash Patel. You can listen to our other episodes on any of the podcast platforms where they are currently available, or you can download recordings directly from ASPS Ednet. New seasons and episodes are coming soon on practice management. Please contact ASPS Education with your feedback and suggestions for future podcast topics. Thank you for tuning in.